the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we come to part five of our challenging series entitled The End of Both Ways, taken from Matthew seven, thirteen through 14. Tonight, Dr. Buckner will talk about two ways, the roads lead that lead to two different directions or designations, two roads that you cannot both travel at the same time. You have to make up your mind and choose which way you are going to go. So for this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, uh, Brother Jim, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, we've been blessed by this series, and as Brother Jim has said, we come to part five on the end of both ways. And in the end, there will be an end of both ways. And you say, how is that, Dr. Buckner? Well, there will be an end to all religions. There'll be an end to all cults. There'll be an end to all hypocrisy. There will be an end to all politics, there'll be an end to all liberalism, there'll be an end to fornication, adultery, and killing, and murders, and gangs, there'll be an end to all of those things, because it tells us in Philippians chapter uh, 2, the kenosis chapter, that uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The end of both ways. Oh, my friend, you need to make the choice tonight to turn to Jesus Christ, who is the only way, the narrow way, because the broad way will lead you to hell, to destruction. That's what Jesus said. And we want to call your attention again to Matthew chapter 7. And Remember what I said before. You know, when you get to Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' words are a little bit more easy, more mellower, and uh, they're more easy sayings. But when you get to Matthew chapter 7, they become hard sayings. They become extreme sayings. They become real radical sayings. Why? Because 
He's talking about discipleship here. He's talking about moving from just saying that you are a Christian to being a mature disciple. That's one of the reasons why the word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible. And the word disciple is mentioned 269 times. What does that tell you? What does that say to you as far as a wake-up call? Now, I want to say this, and I want to go on record saying this, that I would say probably about 90% of most people in churches don't know what it means to be a disciple because they've never been taught. They've never been trained. They come into church and they get they say, I accept Jesus into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And then they get baptized. But that's as far as they go. And a lot of them don't even do anything in the church because you got three types of people in the church today. You got those who watch things happen. That's the first type of person that you have in the church. They just watch things happen. They got a a degree in watchology. They got a degree in observology. They got a PhD in lookology. That's all they do. They look. And then you got the second group in the church that they just don't care if anything happened. You can talk to them until purgatory freezes over. And they still won't do nothing in the church. And then you got the third group who will make things happen. So you got those three types of people. You need to write that down. We got those who watch things happen, those, the second group, those who don't care. And then there are those, the third group, those who make things happen. Which one are you? Which one are you out of the three? You see, the true disciple is the third one. They make things happen. This is one of the reasons why it's so important for some of you that are listening to this program tonight to take an interest in the class that I'm going to be teaching on spiritual gifts because you need to discover what your gifts are. There are a lot of people in churches that never learn. There are some pastors that never teach people about what their gifts are. There are some pastors in churches doing everything. And there are some pastors that are delegating. You see, that was the problem that was wrong with Moses. You know, Jephro said to him, if you don't delegate, you're going to wear yourself out. So God is calling upon us to be extreme disciples, to be radical disciples. And if you care to look at sometime John chapter 6, it says that Jesus gave them hard sayings. And When he gave them hard sayings, he says, many of his disciples followed him no more. They followed him no more because the sayings were hard. They were extreme. They were radical. And you remember I said, and I'm going to kind of talk about this next time. There are three things that get in the way towards people striving to enter in. And I'll say something about that in a minute. But let me read the text to you again. Uh, In Matthew chapter 7. In verses 13 and 14, here is that extreme, radical, hard saying of Jesus. No wonder why many of them didn't, uh, disciples didn't follow him no more. And he's using the term disciples followed him no more. Look at John chapter 6 sometime and do a word study on that. But it says here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13, 
Enter in, this is what Jesus said, enter in by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. He says few that find it. And he's not only just talking about people outside the church, but he's talking about those inside the church because Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple unless you keep my words, unless you keep what he says. See, in the same chapter, he deals with all of these church folks. And there are a lot of people in the churches that are doing nothing. And there are some people that are doing something but they're not doing the right thing. They're not doing what the call of discipleship is all about. So in Matthew chapter 7, further on, he says, In that day, many will say, I prophesied in your name. I worked miracles. I did, did many good works. And he says, I will profess to you, I never knew you. Why? Because he says, you didn't do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The will of God. Are you locked in on the will of God? Are you committed to being an extreme disciple when it comes to the the will of God? You better make sure that you check yourself before you wreck yourself when it comes to discipleship. Oh, my friend, this is a word from the word of God. Now, let me say something about these three things, and I will develop that more next Saturday. But let me say something about these three things that keep people out of the kingdom of God. And you might want to write them down, and I will develop it more next week. The first thing is possessions. That's one thing that keeps people out of the kingdom of God. It's it's not bad to have possessions, but it's bad when possessions have you. That's what happened with Ananias and Sapphira. It was not a sin that they uh, had possessions. It's what they did with their possessions that caused death to come upon the husband and the wife, Ananias and Sapphira. It's what they did with their possessions. You see, Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things by which he possessed. (laughs) That's what Jesus said. And he says, it is easier for the camel to enter the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And some of you that are hearing this message right now, you're just saying, oh, you know what? I'm I'm just a Christian. That's as far as I need to go. My friend, that's a ticket straight to hell if you don't wake up to the reality that you must be committed to discipleship. You must become extreme and radical because you have an extreme and radical Savior that's calling upon you with that commitment. See, that's the reality check right there. Now, there are a lot of people today who have a what I call a salad bar religion a salad bar religion. They pick and choose what they want, but they don't want to do what the Lord calls them to do. It's a lot of people into a salad bar religion. Is that you? Now, so this is the first group. You have those who are controlled by possessions. Then you have the second group, those who are controlled by businesses. They have put their job before the Lord. They put their job before a church, before uh, Bible study, and uh, they, their religion is their business. 
and you dare not try to tell them, you know what, you should be going to church on Sunday. They'll get mad and say, man, I got to support my family, got to do this and got to do that. And Jesus said, this is what he meant when he said being an extreme disciple. He said, in the face of people who were not doing what he called them to do, he said in Matthew uh, 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's no excuse, because excuses don't excuse. Excuses only accuse. Oh, my friend, being controlled by your possessions will send you to hell. Being controlled by your businesses will send you to hell if you don't put Jesus first. And then the third thing that will send a lot of people to hell is not only their possessions, number one, and their businesses, number two, but number three, natural affections. There are some people today that are controlled by their girlfriends, their fiancés. They're controlled by their husbands and their wives and their children. They're controlled by sex. They're controlled by pornography. They're controlled by fornication and adultery. There's a lot of people controlled by these things. These three things will keep you out of the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus said broad is the way that leads to destruction. Because a lot of people are traveling on that broad way because it tempts the flesh. It causes people to lust after the flesh. We don't like to take individual stances today. We don't like to go against the popular trend, uh, the, the popular vote, because we like to be politically correct, but not biblically correct. The broad road doesn't require that you go against the popular trend and the popular vote. The broad road says, do your own thing. The broad road says, like the song, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. The broad road says, don't knock it, you might like it. That is the broad road. The broad road is a road that's controlled by philosophy. It is a broad road that's controlled by theology. And it is a broad road that many churches are traveling on that is not doing what Jesus says. The broad road doesn't require that you be born again. It doesn't require that you become a child of God. Those who are on this broad road are people who destroy and deny all of the essential doctrines of the Christian faith, the Trinity, the deity, the atonement, the bodily resurrection of Christ. These liberal apostate churches don't require that. Why? Because they are on that broad road, and they believe in being inclusive to every religion. These liberal apostate folks, they are living on that broad road that leads to destruction. They are inclusive. They believe in bringing in everything into the church where you don't know the differences between the world and the church. I'm going to say this in conclusion. What we call this is situation ethics by Joseph Fletcher. This is the broad road that lead to destruction, situation ethics. You just do what you feel, do what you think. Do what you feel the popular trend is telling you to do. Well, you need to repent tonight and come to know Jesus and get on that straight road that leads to eternal life. 
Repent tonight. Accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and he will forgive you and renew you and restore you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim. Amen, Dr. Buckner. Are you feeling like you're one of those three people in church, or perhaps you're letting those one of those three things keep you from Jesus? We want to hear from you. Why don't you pick up the phone and give us a call and come back after we our, our sponsors better serve you. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls. In fact, we have several lines open, so if you'd like to call in and talk about what Dr. Buckner has been preaching on, we'd love to have you. But we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without the fervent prayers of the righteous, we would not be on the air. We also want to thank those who partnered with us financially this week, Bruce, Jackie, Mary, June, Gail, Diane, and Ronald, and Valerie. One of our donors contributes all the way from Pennsylvania, so we know that we have listeners near and far. It costs us $400 a week to stay on the air, so we need your support. There are two ways that you can donate. You can send a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith at P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920, or you can go on to your computer to our website, contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click the Donate button. I'd also like to let you know that Dr. Buckner, is going, the class that he's going to be uh, giving on spiritual gifts, uh, the, it's called Spiritual Gifts and Rewards Part 1, will be taught by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner at the East Bay Baptist Association Building, located at 1221, that's 1221 Pacific Avenue, San Leandro, California, 94577. The class will meet from 630 to 930 every Monday from February 20th to April 17th, and we'd love to have you there. If you have any questions about this, please give Dr. Buckner a call at 415-721-1778 or email him at jlbcfr. TF, so that would be Jerry L. Buckner, CFTF, Contending for the Faith, in case you didn't get that, at Comcast.net. All righty. Well, let's, uh, Dr. Buckner, would you like to go to a phone call? Yes, let's do that, Brother Jim. Uh, what do we have first? Well, I believe we've got CC on the line. CC, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We are truly blessed, and we trust that you got blessed by the Word tonight. Yes, I did. I'm glad you went over. Um, you did some overview, too, that, that refreshed my memory from what you said last week, so I really appreciate it. Amen. Very good. Very good. We appreciate you always getting blessed by the Word of God. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? I want to ask you two questions. One is uh, a biblical question. Well, they're both biblical, but this one is out of the Bible. Uh, it's out of Jude chapter 1, verse 9. Okay. You have your Bible there? Yes. Okay, why don't you uh, read it to it us? Says that, it says, but even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, I want to ask you really about part A of that verse, when it talked about that uh, Michael the Archangel was disputing about the uh, body of, of Moses. And I want to, 
was wondering why was the devil arguing with Michael the Archangel over uh, Moses' body? Why did he Why did he want to know where Moses' body was? Why, what did he want with his body? Well, you know, it's something that is not uh, really uh, revealed in Scripture in terms of what he was arguing uh, with Michael over the body of, of Moses, but... Um, Many scholars believe, um, and I go along with many of them, uh, along with my study as well, that uh, one of the things that we have to remember is that uh, Moses died at uh, Mount Nebo in Moab, uh, and he didn't make it to the promised land. And so uh, God ended up um, burying Moses. The people didn't. God did. And the people didn't know where his body was. And I believe that uh, if the people would have known where his body was at, they probably would have erected it and started worshiping him as a god. So God said, okay, I'm going to bury him because the people love him so much. I don't want them to fall into idolatry and start worshiping a man over uh, me being the God of Israel. So I believe that, uh, you know, the devil was bringing this thing up uh, to, uh, you know, cause some controversy in the spiritual realm. Uh, that's just my uh, uh, speculation on that, uh, and we'll know when we get before God uh, what the deal was. But uh, it's a pretty good argument because, uh, you know, he brought up the the body of Moses and uh, was uh, trying to, uh, you know, bring this thing up about him uh, really, uh, you know, the people trying to influence the people to, uh, you know, why didn't uh, Moses— body uh, be around the people like all the other people's bodies were buried and uh, trying to influence them in a way of idolatry. So, uh, But uh, the key thing with this as well, uh, it says that uh, Michael uh, dared not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you, you know. So this is a tremendous scripture here uh, also to give to uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, because they try to say that uh, Michael the Archangel is was Jesus before he came to the earth. You know, they said that he was Michael the Archangel when he was in heaven, and then he came to the earth. He went through three phases, this is what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. The first phase is that he was Michael the Archangel before he came to the earth. The second phrase is that he became a man on earth, and then when he was raised from the dead, he became a spirit creature. Uh, he was not raised in a physical body, uh, you know, an immortal body. So, um, but the key thing is here in witnessing to Jehovah's Witnesses uh, is to show them that uh, Michael here uh, had to get permission to rebuke the devil. But when you look at Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus didn't have to get permission. He just simply rebuked the enemy. He just said, get thee behind me. He didn't have to get permission because if he was Michael the archangel, he would have had to get permission. But he just simply say, be gone, get behind me. But this is also a lesson for all of us, too, that any time we are up against the forces of darkness, the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, as it tells us in Ephesians 6 and 12, 
we are to rebuke them in the name of the Lord, rebuke them in the name of Jesus, because we don't have any power in and of ourselves. So that's the reality of this, uh, this, this passage. So this is what I'm saying right now is that I believe that he was just bringing that up because the people really – he really wanted to get the people to, into idolatry so that, he, you know, he could get them away from God. And the enemy has always been involved with idolatry. The two things that Satan has always used throughout history to get people away from God, and they sound alike, is idolatry. And idolatry always lead to immorality. You remember when they got into the wilderness, they built a calf there. And the people, Moses went up on Mount Sinai. When he came back, they were worshiping the calf, and they were also streaking. So this was idolatry, and the streaking was immorality, and they were having sex. And then God opened up the earth on those who didn't get on the right side and swallowed them up. So idolatry, and we're living in a world today that's controlled by idolatry and immorality. And those two things always bring the judgment of God. Satan really was, I believe, trying to bring this up to really uh, rehash the fact that Moses shouldn't have never been buried by God uh, so that the people could have uh, worshipped him, and he always tries to get people away from God. So that's my explanation of that. Um, that makes a lot of sense what you said. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, that, I, I, I agree with that. Amen. Amen. Yes, so I'm glad you, uh, you know, it's helped you right there. Uh, and, and, you, and you had another uh, concern as well, question? Yeah, I want to ask a question and get some prayer. Um, what, do you, what do you say, because I know somebody that's like around 44 years old and his girlfriend is a little bit younger and they have a lot of problems in the relationship and I know, I know some other people like that too. What would, what would, what would be the key uh, in uh, people that age range, you know, um, in dating their relationship to, you know, actually have it, you know, to be where it can be civil, rational, reasonable, even in the midst of conflict or or, or just be unified together in, in, in terms of their uh, relationship. Well, how young is the girl? She's, I think she's like uh, 37. 37, yeah. Well, I, I could jump in on this one, I think. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cece. Um, you know, I, I, I can relate to this question because when I married my wife, um, I was 40 and she was 27. So it's, it's a little bit even bigger. It was almost 14 years between us. And I think I remember at the time, uh, reading that the, the age range you should consider marriage is half your age plus seven. And it kind of worked out exactly for me at that particular, <laughs> with my wife. But, uh, I honestly, I think that the most important thing between when people are 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 looking at a, a marriage together is what are their beliefs? Uh, I mean, what are, are they both truly Christians? Are they both truly saved? Um, if they they absolutely must worship the same God, they they've got to be on their knees before their Creator together. They've got to agree on these things. That's the most rock solid important thing that you can have in any relationship. In fact, Dr. Buckner was just counseling me before the show about uh, spending time in prayer with my wife to uh, avert those fiery darts of the evil one. So, And he's absolutely right. Uh, I, I can tell you that um, my wife and I, because of the age difference, yes, there are some things that are going to be a challenge. 
that uh, there's there's a generation gap almost with us. It's about half a generation or so. But the, the, and that means that there's going to be things that you just don't see the same way. But if you see who Jesus is the same way, then that's going to make all the difference in the world. And I, I would say that if somebody's trying to marry somebody that's a, that's really much much younger, they're they're probably there's a maturity level that enters in. I think that that's the main thing. You really need to be uh, at the same maturity level, um, both socially and before Christ, and biblically speaking, a maturity level and knowing who knowing your your uh, your faith and understanding the gospel and so on. These, I think, are pretty critical. Would you agree, Dr. Buckner? I would agree with that. That's a very good answer, and uh, I didn't realize the gap between the two of you as well, you and your wife, but uh, that's good to, good to know. That's good information, and you got first-class-hand experience from somebody uh, in terms of the question that you, you asked. I think uh, we have what uh, – we almost had a commercial, and so – well, we got look – look like we got a few minutes here – uh, so hopefully that helped you out. Uh, Jim gave some good information, and I just add to that: if uh, there is a problem uh, with um, you know the communication, as you were talking about, uh, there sometimes can be a problem between that. Then that's where you go through some counseling, so that uh, Christian counseling, so you make sure that uh, you're able to put everything out on the table, process it, and. Uh, Make sure that you make the right decisions before the future because, uh, you know, you don't want to end up uh, hastily getting into a marriage uh, and then regretting it later on and end up in a divorce. So the way you kind of like cut through a lot of problems in the relationship is make sure you go through Christian counseling. Uh, I haven't done a lot of uh, weddings uh, because I've done some, but I haven't done a lot because I'm a stickler. In other words... People have to go through six to eight weeks of counseling with me, and a lot of them don't want to do that. They want to connect with me and say, you know, can you marry us overnight? I said, well, you know, I'm not a Reno preacher. You know, you go to Reno and uh, and, and go ahead and get married overnight, but I'm not – Dr. Buckner's not a Reno preacher. Uh, you're gonna, I'm going to have some time with you covering all bases in the six to eight weeks. And I tell you, there's been some people – in the six and eight weeks that decided to go the other way because stuff get on the table and it becomes raw bone then, see? So people need to take their time. If they keep uh, knocking uh, head together, then get some counseling so you can work through the situation. It may not be a situation where the two of you are meant to be together. And sometimes, like in the situation with Jim, it worked out because they were able to do the things that Jim was talking about. So hopefully that helps you out what we're saying. Man, I appreciate the information. Yeah, it helped out a lot. Thank you. Yes. Uh, both of you guys, Jim and uh, uh, Doctor, I appreciate, appreciate that. It, it helped out a lot. And that, that information is going to pass on down to some you know, some other people I know. So I thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, yes. Quite yes. welcome, yes. Always be aware of somebody that's going to marry you overnight. That's a dangerous thing. You <laughs> need to take time, take time and go through a lot of ins and outs and stuff. I counseled a, a couple one time, and they— uh, I, when I got into the financial thing, uh, they wanted to keep a secret on each other's finances. Well, at least the one of the spouses. I don't keep a secret. I don't want my her to know anything about my finances. And she said, "What?" And he says, "Well, we, she said we shouldn't hide anything." He said, "Well, you know what? That's the way I'm going." I said, "You know what? You need to stay single. <laughs> you need to stay single." Uh, oh. 
Okay, so what we're going to do right now, we are going to go to a break. You hang in there with us, CC. We got uh, some quantity, quality time with you because uh, you're the only caller tonight, right, so far. And when we come back, we'll hear your prayer requests and then uh, pray for you, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, Brother Jim. All right, well, that's some good stuff right there. Listeners, if you're out there and you want to dialogue with us on that particular subject, please pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd like to hear from you after the break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls and just also remind you about the class he will be giving on spiritual gifts and rewards, part one. That will be happening in San Leandro. If you have questions about that, please give him a call at 415-721-1778. We were having an awesome discussion with Cece. Oh, yes, and just let me say a few more things on the class that the uh, class also will offer two scholarships to anyone who is interested in the class. And so we want to encourage you to give us a call, and Jim will give the number again, um, and we will talk with you and discuss it. And But uh, it's coming up this Monday, so it's coming up fast, so we need to hear from you, as well as we want to encourage people to keep supporting this ministry because it's 400 a week, and we cannot uh, stay on the air without your support and your prayers. So we are thankful for those who stepped up, um, you know, this last week. We didn't have enough people, but we thank God for those who did. But we know that this is a time by which God is going to be blessing people immensely in many areas. And uh, even if you get black, uh, blessed with your uh, uh, taxes, you know, it's a good time to be a blessing to uh uh, to ministries has been a blessing to you because you, know, you, you get a extra blessing. And so through your taxes, at least some people do, and that's an opportunity for you to be a blessing to uh, the ministries that's blessed you as well. Well, let's get uh, back to uh, Cece. Cece, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. All righty, all righty. So um, and uh, what's on your heart as far as your prayer request tonight? Um, if, you could, if you could pray for... Um pray for me. Um, again, I have some pressure around my head. I just want God to bless my health, um, bless me with wisdom, and I want him to use me to to, uh, to to win souls for his kingdom. More, I want him to bring more people for me to minister to. Uh, also, just to pray for, my, pray for my family. How you guys want to pray the protection in my mom, too, that she has a good recovery because she was having some issues with her health, and I want to pray that she's fully recovered. And, um, yeah, for, for then and the last request is I have a friend of mine that's this this upset with me um, over a, a text message. You know, it's just miscommunication. I just want to pray that God will bring uh, reconciliation and, and restoration uh, in our friendship. Okay, well, this was, those are some good prayer requests right there, and we're gonna ask for the oh, yeah. and, and Tom Cruise too. The actor, excuse me, sorry. I want to pray for Tom Cruise and Will Smith again. For you know, that God will draw them into the kingdom too. All righty. Good prayer request. Okay, let's uh, go before the Lord in prayer, and Brother Jim's going to lead us. Oh, just remind me, Cece, your your mom's name is Rosalinda, is that right? Yes, yes. Ah, I remembered. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Lord. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, isn't uh, Will Smith, isn't he wrapped up in that Scientology stuff? Well, well, he hasn't made a decision. Uh, Tom Cruise is trying to influence him, uh, but he hasn't made a decision. I think he does do some supporting but he hasn't joined it himself, and we just trust that he won't. You know, he was brought up in the Baptist background, but again, no discipleship. So most of these people in Hollywood and mm-hmm. and all involved with entertainment uh, 
and even a lot of people in churches have never been disciples, so they are vulnerable and gullible to anything, any wind and doctrine that uh, tickles their ears, they go along with it. So we need to really uh, pray for them. But no, he hasn't uh, fully joined it. All right. Well, let's bring this to the Lord. Amen. Father God, we thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for this radio ministry for that Dr. Buckner has and that we're able to reach out to people in the Bay Area with uh, the words of truth from the gospel. And Lord, I pray for Cece. I pray that you would bring healing to him. He's been feeling some pressure in his head, Lord. I just pray that you would take that away and whatever's causing that, that you would bring healing. And Father, I pray that you'd give Cece wisdom to, uh, to make wise choices in his daily life, Lord God. I pray that you would bring him lost souls, Lord, that, uh, that he can minister to and enlighten and, and, and shepherd towards the gospel, Lord God. We know that your Holy Spirit is the one who saves. But, Father, you have chosen to use us, and we just pray that you would use CC that way. We pray for his family, that they would also be uh, unified together and healthy. And for his mom, Rosalinda, I just pray that you would just bless her mightily. And, Lord, we pray for, uh, for CeCe's friendships and uh, for those that are out there. If there's any challenging uh, relationships that he has, Lord God, that you would bring a mending uh, spirit there, Lord God, that they would be able to reconcile. And uh, finally, Lord, we, uh, we, we lift up um, two titans of Hollywood, and that is uh, Tom Cruise and Will Smith. And Lord, we already know that Tom Cruise is steeped in Scientology, Lord, so we just pray that you would give him... Uh, your Holy Spirit, that he would just recognize uh, what he's involved in, Lord God, or even if he does recognize, Lord, to change his heart and that he would uh, that he would reject it and that he would accept the truth of the gospel. And Lord, we pray for Will Smith that, uh, Lord God, that if he's had a foundation of the gospel in his life, that, Lord, that you would bring that to his remembrance, Lord God, that you would bring someone to his life to, to challenge the teachings that he may be receiving in Scientology, Lord God. We just pray against that. We pray against the enemy, his servants, their works and effects. And, Lord, we just pray that uh, that these men who influence millions, Lord, will be primarily influenced by you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for C.C. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. And thank you, C.C., for your call and always your uh, good questions. Thank you. All righty. God bless you. God bless you guys, too. All righty. Look like we're getting some more callers uh, coming in. Let's go to uh, Deborah. Deborah, are you there tonight? Yep. How are you doing this evening? Well, I'm in pain, but that's all right. Amen. Pain always leads to gain. And uh, you just keep the faith and don't let the enemy steal your joy and your faith and your peace, you know. Yeah, I will, but I have a question. Yes, what's on your heart? Uh, is there, is, I know financial tithing is, is okay, but is, uh, when you give other things like your gifts and talent, is that considered a form of tithe in the Lord? Well, no, that's not a form of tithing. It's just a, 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 a something that God has. See, everybody that's born in the world, Everybody that's born in the world, whether they're Christian or not, is born with a talent. And the talents is something that we uh, give to God in service. And uh, that's something that we we do. We give to him in service. 
Um, and uh, so, but tithes itself and giving is uh, a different perspective. So talents is something that we offer to God because it's something God has bestowed upon us. And so when you're born again, so when you're born in the world the first time, uh, as a child, you're born with a talent. And uh, in those talents, we are to give back to God because he's given it to us, and we are to serve him with those talents. And then when you're born again, you're born with a spiritual gift. And uh, that's why I'm teaching the class on that, to teach on that. But uh, tithing is something that uh, uh, encompasses the area of our finances. And and uh, so in the New Testament, we are to really, uh, when it talks about a tenth, that was Old Testament, uh, you know, New Testament is 100%. We give our all to him. And that's why Paul says, if we, if we sow sparingly, uh, little we will reap sparing we will reap sparingly we sow bountifully we'll reap bountifully and so in the new testament we are to give our all you know and uh, a tenth can be a principle that we can look at from hebrews chapter 7 because uh, abraham gave to melchizedek who's a type of christ and we are children of abraham by faith and also by uh, uh, tithing so he gave to Melchizedek, and it's something that the writer of Hebrews chapter 7 brings up. So we can start off with a principle. It's not a command in the New Testament to tithe. It's a principle found in Hebrews chapter 7. But really, uh, to get technical with it, it's 100% that we give to the Lord in the New Testament. There's no limit. If we get blessed bountifully, we are to give bountifully way beyond the tenth. So that's what the New Testament, because Jesus gave us all, we are to give our all. That's where it, it, it all stands. That, but I like to bring these things up because a lot of people uh, challenge me, and I give them what I believe the Spirit is showing me, and then I like confirmation because through the radio, more people can can be balanced in their theology and their understanding of scripture yes yes absolutely absolutely well that's a good question we appreciate your 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 question on that do you have any prayer requests we got a couple of more callers we want to get to them before the program ends do you have any prayer requests um, yes pray that the lord will um, um use me because i have a lot of friends who who believe that their pastors should do everything, and they should, you know, um, they don't have to minister, uh, like, bring people to the Lord themselves. And that really bothers me. Okay, well, let's let's go before the Lord in prayer on that. Brother Jim, can you? Lord God, we lift up Deborah, and Father, we pray that you would, uh, first of all, that you would relieve her pain, Father, that you would take away this pain and that you would give her relief, and Lord, that you would use her. Lord, that you would, your Holy Spirit would come upon her and that you would motivate her and show her exactly how that, that you want to use her and, and to do your will, Lord God. And we thank you that you are a God that works through us and for us. And we thank you, Lord, and pray all these things in the wise name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Deborah, for your call. And hold on. We'll keep you on while we're on the air. Okay. Can you talk to me sometime when you have time? I will. I will. Uh, I'll be there sometime. I will. 
Okay. Uh, we had another caller uh, that dropped off. Uh, okay, let's go to Jenny. Jenny, how are you doing? Uh, hi. Uh, hold on just a minute. Hi, hold on just a minute. The caller that just uh, dropped off, uh, please call back. We want to address your question on the cults. You had a question on the cults, and we want to address that. When you get an opportunity, call us back as soon. All righty. Hello. The caller's there. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go to, we'll get, hold on, Jenny, we'll get to you in a minute. Uh, let's go to the next caller. You there? Verena, okay, Hello. you there? How you doing? Hi. All righty. Uh, uh, how you doing this evening? How's things going? Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. And what's on your heart tonight? Okay, here's a, I, I, got, I got two questions for you. In order to properly answer the second one, though, you have to really listen and not cut me off on the first question. Are you ready? I've been attending the church. I'm wondering if I'm involved in a cult, and I'll tell you why. Uh, they say you cannot, that the Holy Spirit teaches you cannot question the leader. They teach that if you visit any other church, listen to Christian radio, Christian TV, you are an idolater. They teach that you can't celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year. Children can't have Sunday school. A uh, lady did not go to her brother's wedding, citing that the Holy Spirit told her don't go because it's at a Lutheran church. You often hear people say they had dreams of the leader standing or seated at the right hand of Christ. They were sick, but God showed them in a dream. She gave them surgery, and they got healed. There are pictures all over the sanctuary, they said, so that people who've never seen her before can know that the person they dreamt of is that person. However, it just seems weird. However, they do operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and what is prophecy? And I can honestly say, whenever someone's prophesied to me, I could take it to the bank. But I'm wondering, how could the person really have that support in, an, in a, a cult-like environment? That's okay. my question. Yes. Well, let me say this. Uh, do, do you want to be confidential in the, in the, name, of the, uh, the name of the church? No, not at all. Okay, what's the name of the church? It's called Church of God, Ministry of Jesus Christ International, birthed out of Columbia. It's a cult. The, the Ch- Church of Christ... The Boston Church of Christ is... No, 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 it's not not Church of Christ. It's Church of God, Ministry of Jesus Christ International, headquartered in Columbia, South America. South America, yeah. Well, the thing about it is, there are several things here, okay? One is, a a cult is always somebody who, uh, where they say you can't question the leader. When anytime somebody says you can't question the leader, that's a cultic mentality. And then the second thing is you can't visit any other church. That's a cultic mentality as well. And have you asked them for the church statement of faith? It's always a good to ask them for the church statement of faith because that's something very important to do because that'll tell you a whole lot about where they stand in terms of the essential doctrines of the historic Christian faith because there's a lot of Church of Christ um, and and that they are solid, but there are others that are very cultic. So, and that's why I mentioned the Boston Church of Christ, because those who are connected with that have this same type of mentality where the, you know, they're the only church right. You can't question the leaders and on and on and on and on. So what I would challenge you to do is to uh, get information on the church statement of faith. But I would caution. I've done that. I've done that. Okay. And what you come up with? What you come up with? What do they say about uh, what do they say? I'll tell you, it's pretty much the same as any 
evangelical church in America. Okay. Well, let me do, let me do this. Let me do this because it, it's going to be take a lot of extra time. Why don't you leave your number, leave your number, and uh, what we're going to do, and, and I would encourage you to call in earlier, but leave your number, and we're going to get back with you to talk to you more about this, okay? Okay. Yeah, leave your number and stuff like that, and then I would like to see what you came up with in terms of the church statement of faith, okay? Okay, all right. Okay, so leave your number with our phone counselor, and we're going to get back with you so we can discuss this more in detail. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Jenny. Jenny, you're there? Yeah. Hi. Uh, how you doing? We got about hi, two buddy. minutes, and, and uh, what's on your heart tonight? Okay. So my heart is uh, I'm, I'm, I need very much prayer for, my, um, for me and my family. Uh, and, and what would you like for us to of, pray for? There's a lot of cultism going on, and uh, and uh, this Hinduism, and uh, and and this thing about gambling. Uh, I, I got a family member I think it's the Lord. Uh, I, I, I told her to 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 to, to gamble on 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 and, uh, yeah, yeah. Let let me say this, Jenny, because we're almost out of time. We're going to pray for this right now, and then I'm going to encourage you to call in again. But we got to pray for you now, and then call back next week earlier, and we can talk more. Brother Jim, let's lead us in prayer and bring okay, it home. Thank you. So much. Yeah, thank you, Lord God. We just pray for Jenny right now. We pray that uh, that this this issue with occultism and Hinduism, Lord God, we just pray that you would take that away, and uh, and Father, that your will would be done. And uh, that's it for tonight, for, uh, folks. <laughs> Excuse me. We've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and our phone counselor, Nathaniel, and, uh, and all of you for being a part of this program. Stay tuned next week, and we will be back with another edition of Contending for the Faith. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.